Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan. And yes, there's no games on the field to talk about, but there is plenty of off-season news to go over, and that's what we're going to dig into today. It's a Sunday morning. Yes, I'm excited to watch the Browns game. But hey, we got some time, so let's talk a little Cleveland Indians baseball. Now, the big news going on right now in baseball is all of the guys that got non-tendered at the deadline, at the arbitration deadline. So basically, if, you, uh, if you've completely been ignoring baseball news, the way the offseason, where the stage of the offseason we're in right now is we reach the point where all those players up for arbitration, even, even the guys pre-arbitration, have to be tendered a contract, have to be offered a contract. And you can choose to just not offer them a contract, which makes those players a free agent. And the Indians did that for three of their players. Two, I'm not that surprised about. One, I am very surprised about. So let's start with the players they did offer contracts to, right? They did tender a contract to Francisco Lindor, Austin Hedges, Nick Whitgren, and Phil Maiden. Not that surprising, right? Obviously, Lindor. Right, we're not just going to release him. We're trying to trade him right now, so we got to keep him in the franchise. Uh, Austin Hedges makes sense, right? There's no defensive. There's no other backup catcher coming, so it's going to be Hedges and Roberto Perez behind the plate this year. Nick Wickren has been pretty solid out of the bullpen, pretty reliable out of the bullpen. In fact, I can see a situation where Nick Wickren might be the closer next year, where he continues to use Karinchak, and when he gets Class A back, he continues to use them in the high leverage situations and then saves Nick Whitgren for a clean ninth inning, right? Come in clean, no runners on base, get us three outs. Be the reliable guy to finish games instead of the, you know, the big heavy hitter who gets the big hitters out for the other team in high-pressure situations in the 6th, 7th, 8th inning, right? Instead of being that weapon, that Andrew Miller weapon that he can deploy all over the game, let Nick Wickren focus on the ninth inning. It wouldn't shock me. We'll see what happens. We'll see how it kind of plays out as the spring goes on. Um, You never really get in spring training a good sense of who the closer is going to be anyways because they – they want to get those guys in early in the game. They might pitch in the third inning, the fourth inning. And who knows what kind of spring training we're even going to have. So that's something that no one out there is talking about. Like, baseball has not really talked about what the 2021 season is going to look like. Obviously, there's with the vaccine and things like that, everything is kind of up in the air. So will we have spring training? Will we have a local spring training? Like, will they be... will it be training here in Cleveland and facing the Pirates and the Reds again to get ready for the season? I don't know. So, and then Phil Maiden, he had an up and down kind of season. He started off pretty good, and then I feel like he struggled really in the last month of the season. So, uh, Maiden, yeah, it's definitely a guy you want to continue to develop as a reliable bullpen arm. So, those are the guys they tendered contracts to. Here are the guys they did not tender contracts to Jeffrey Rodriguez, Delino DeShields, and Tyler Naquin. I am shocked, shocked that they let go of Tyler Naquin. Tyler Naquin, remember, was a former first-round pick, right? There was so much excitement when Tyler Naquin was a rookie, right? That 2016 season, he's he he hit close to 300. He's hitting walk-off home runs. They're going deep in the playoffs. They go to the World Series, and 
Naquin felt like a spark plug out there in the outfield, right? A guy that could maybe not, you know, maybe wouldn't be a, th- a 300, wouldn't hit like Michael Brantley, right? He's not going to be Mr. Reliable like Michael Brantley, but he could get hot. He could get hot, and man, he could turn on a low fastball. He could turn on a low pitch and drive it into right field in the corner. Had some power for home runs, and he just couldn't stay healthy. Tyler Naquin just could not stay on the field, and I'm been I guarantee that's what ultimately cost him, right? Just these crippling injuries, the ACL injuries and stuff like that. He just could not stay on the field long enough, and then he went into a deep slump this season. He kind of was a spark plug when he first came back from injury at the beginning of the season, which is the middle of the summer. But as things wore on, he really, really started to struggle and slump and was eventually kind of getting rotated out in the outfield out there. So it breaks my heart because when Tyler Naquin first came up that 2016 season in spring training, he's just crushing the ball and all your typical reporters, you know, Hoynes and Pluto and all these people that were covering the Indians at the time were like, he's probably not going to make the team. They'll probably start him down in AAA to let him play every day. And I'm going, no, man, this guy is crushing. He is raking right now. He got, he has to be there. And he was. He broke with the team. He he came out of spring training with the team, and he had a really great season. I believe he finished fourth in the rookie of the year that year. And, uh, yeah, I was so excited. I was like, all right, this is my guy. This is the guy I'm going to get behind and root for. Like, he's the guy I saw coming out of spring training when nobody else predicted it. And now he's been non-tendered. So he didn't even make it to the end of his arbitration run. So, I feel a little heartbroken today. That's the reason I decided to jump on and do a podcast, do an off-season episode, because, yeah, I I really, really wanted to see Tyler Naquin be a longtime Cleveland Indian, really do some fun things out there, because he's fun. He's fun when he's on the field. He's got a cannon of an arm. He plays with high energy. Apparently, from the article Mandy Bell wrote in the locker room, he really was a good guy and a good teammate, so... You hate to see it. Uh, Delino to Shields, I'm I'm perfectly happy seeing this one. Delino to Shields was a mess. Like he hit just well enough that you couldn't take him out of the lineup, especially with the way Mercado was hitting. And it just he made some good running catches, but he also made some terrible routes at the ball. And it just as the season wore on, it just got worse and worse watching Delino to Shields out there. And you just, you had no confidence that this guy was ready to be a major league center fielder, like a, a, a team leading center fielder, a guy who could lead your outfield, right? That's what the center fielder is supposed to do, kind of be the captain of the outfield out there. And I just had no faith in Delino to Shields to be able to do that. So I am perfectly okay with him being non-tendered. And I would be shocked if he gets a major league contract somewhere. My guess is both those guys are looking at minor league contracts somewhere. Uh, and then the other one is Jeffrey Rodriguez also has been battling injury. He was the guy who was pre-arbitration and everyone's saying that there's a chance that he could be brought back uh, on a minor league contract. It saves the Indians some money. And he was a guy whose name was being thrown in there in some trade rumors, like a starting pitcher that you could throw in to, you know, spice up a trade. He was thrown in as a starting pitcher to spice up a trade to us. So we'll see. We'll we'll see if the Indians bring him back or if he's really just going to move on from here 
and what his health, if he can stay healthy and get back to pitching. He was effective in his few starts in a Cleveland uniform, but I don't think we really saw what Jeffrey Rodriguez is going to be because of those injuries. So those are the three players, and clearly the Indians are making an effort to clear out room in the outfield. And obviously, all of this was done because of money, right? They're trying to save every single penny they can right now, and everybody is roasting them on Indians' Twitter because of it, and rightly so. Like, we should be destroying the Dolans right now. And Antonetti, he spoke to the media, and we'll get into that in a second, and he said all the right things, but that's what Antonetti does. That's what he's paid for. But we all know that... uh, Money is a serious problem for the Dolans right now, and it's showing. It's obvious to every single fan. There is nothing Antonetti or Chernoff can say that is going to convince the public that the Dolans just are not being cheap, straight up cheap, and it's trying to save every penny and you know whittle down their debt that they're in for or something like that. You know, something with John Sherman leaving and going to Kansas City. Apparently, that created some some debt there. So, yeah. We'll see if any of these guys are brought back on minor league contracts, but my guess is it's probably the last you've seen of this three. And now, with two outfielders out of the mix, right? we still have Luplo, we still have Josh Naylor, but Mercado, Bradley Zimmer, Daniel Johnson, like, this is basically saying, you know, the door's open. Come on in. If you want to be in this locker room, if you want to be on this team, the door is wide open for you. For you, Mercado, stop striking out. You work on your eye at the plate. Work on your discipline. Like, you have center field. It is yours for the taking. Everybody in Cleveland wants to see you succeed. Everybody in that coaching office wants to see you succeed. Center field is yours for the taking. So we'll see if Mercado can jump on that. Zimmer and Johnson could jump on right field. We'll see what shakes out for Naylor and Bauer at first base with Bobby Bradley. Bobby Bradley might be my new guy that I'm like, I'm really pulling for. Uh, if I've seen a few things of his on social media, and he, he seems like a real, genuine, awesome guy. So I really kind of want to see Bobby Bradley have success, be that power hitter at first base. We know he can be, that he was for the Columbus Clippers. We've seen, what does he have, one home run in his career for the Indians? So we'll see. I, I have high hopes for Bobby Bradley. If he can get going at the major league level and be a first baseman for us for a while, I think that'd be really cool, a really cool twist to the story of Carlos Santana leaving and now Tyler Naquin leaving and clearing up these spots for basically what's going to feel like a triple-A team out there. Like, that's really what it's going to feel like. Will they compete in in the central probably with their pitching? But that starting lineup is going to feel an awful lot like the Columbus Clippers starting lineup probably would have looked like in 2020 if 2020 was a season. So, That's what's going on. And another thing about Naquin leaving is it just shows the struggles the Indians have had lately in developing hitters, right? I mean, obviously, we've been developing pitchers like crazy, and Shane Bieber is the perfect example of that. But even Clevenger, even what they did to get uh, Trevor Bauer on the right path. So obviously, our, our 
coaching for pitchers is working. Everything we're doing for pitching right now is working. But for hitters, it feels like since Tyler Naquin came up, it's just not working. I mean, there have been hitters before. I, I think Jose Ramirez is a great success story for the Indians coaching staff. And um, remember, you know, I'm thinking back to even Jason Kipnis. I'm thinking of guys in the early, you know, 2010s. Jason Kipnis is probably a pretty good success story, a guy who hit at an all-star level for a while. But it feels like since in 2016, Tyler Naquin came up, they have really struggled to develop hitters. And I put together a little bit of list of guys that came up through the Indian system and kind of what they did and uh, how it how it shows the development of the Indians hitters. So the two stats I looked at, because I'm not going to run you down every single one of these guys' fan graphs page, but the two stats I looked at were weighted runs created plus, WRC plus. So really, what were they doing? Were they creating for the team? And remember, this is a stat where league average is set to 100. So if you're above 100, you're above league average. If you're below 100, you're not doing so good. And the other one was F-War or War from Fangraphs. I think they sometimes refer to it as F-War just because it comes from Fangraphs. And Fangraphs and Baseball Reference kind of do it a little bit differently. So let's see it. Look at their or their WRC+, plus, their War, and see if we were able to develop any of these hitters. So in 2016, Tyler Naquin came up. He played five seasons for the Indians. He had a career so far 99 WRC+. plus. He did have 3.2 war cumulative over those five seasons. So, I mean, like we said, Naquin wasn't terrible. There were moments. I mean, a lot of it comes in his rookie season. But, I mean, a 99 career WRC+. plus. He was below average. Jesus Aguilar, also remember from that 2016 season, he was just like Bobby Bradley, a power hitter in AAA who we thought could come up. He's been playing seven seasons. He does have a career 107 WRC plus and a career 3.8 war, cumulative war. But most of that was done with the Brewers, and now he's with Miami. That was not done in Cleveland. Jesus Aguilar really struggled, and we let him go, and he turned into a pretty good power hitter in the National League. Eric Gonzalez came up that season. He's played for five seasons. He's got a career 68 WRC plus and a 0.4 war. That is not good. I mean, we all knew Eric Gonzalez was known for his defense, but we weren't able to develop him as a hitter at all, and it has not gone well in Pittsburgh. 2017, Giovanni Urshela comes up. Now, he played two seasons with the Indians, briefly with Toronto, and now two seasons with the Yankees. Now, to show the struggles the Indians coaching staff has had developing hitters, this is the perfect example. In his two seasons with the Indians, his WRC plus was 65 and 41. His two seasons with the Yankees, it was 132 and 133. If that doesn't show you right there the difference that the Yankees coaching staff had on Giovanni Urshela versus the Indians... I don't know what stats you need to see that the Indians are really struggling to develop hitters. Yandy Diaz, two seasons with the Indians, two seasons with the Rays. Same thing. He had an 84 WRC+. plus. He actually was doing okay his second season. He had a 115 WRC+. Plus. In his two seasons with the Rays, 116 and 138. So definitely... That might have been just a guy who was, you know, getting used to Major League. I don't know if I could put Yandy Diaz too much on the Indians hitting staff, uh, considering, you know, he was he did have a 115 WRC plus his second stint with the Indians. 
Greg Allen in four seasons, 69 WRC plus, negative 0.1 war. Bradley Zimmer still with us, four seasons, 72 WRC plus, and a 1.5 war, but most of that was from his rookie season. Obviously, injuries have slowed him down, but the Indians coaching staff has not done anything to help him at the plate. Yu Chang, 2019. There really wasn't anybody new in 2018. Uh, it was mostly guys bouncing back and forth from the 2017 season. 2019, you get Yu Chang, who's had two seasons with the Indians. I mean, he had a few games this season. It, 2020 is really hard to kind of look at, but uh, he has a 49 WRC plus and a negative 0.3 war. This is a guy who's hit pretty good in the minors, and it is not translated at all so far in some short stints in the major league. But again, this is a guy the Indians coaching staff needs to develop. Yu Chang could be starting at second base this year, and we really, really need his bat to catch up to where his glove and his defense is. Bobby Bradley, he, he didn't get in last year, so he's only had one season with the Indians. 51 WRC plus and a negative 0.4 war. So again, guy who came up and really wasn't ready for the major league pitching yet. And uh, that will be, we'll see how that continues to develop. Oscar Mercado in his two seasons, 77 WRC plus and a 1.2 war. And Daniel Johnson, now this is a little unfair because it was only in 13 plate appearances this season, but a negative 71 WRC plus and a negative 0.3 war. So as you can see, all these hitters over the last four seasons that have come up, none have had success so far in an Indians uniform. I mean, Oscar Mercado a little bit in his rookie season, Bradley Zimmer a little bit in his rookie season, but other than that, it looks bad. I mean, and these are guys that should have been replenishing this team. These are guys that when Santana left for the first time, should have taken over first base. These are guys that, you know, should have had maybe the utility infielder role. So we didn't have to keep guys like Mike Freeman around. So this is a failure on the Indians organization. Like, they have a chance here. They have a chance still with Bobby Bradley and Yu Chang and Mercado and Johnson and Zimmer. They have a chance to right some of these wrongs. I mean, that's five names that'll probably be on the opening day roster this year. But for everybody else, it, it has to look like a failure on the Indians coaching staff. So that's where I'm at with, uh, with the tenders and the non-tenders and there was an interesting article by Jason Stark in The Athletic. That's right. I got the $1 deal on The Athletic. I can afford The Athletic for a few months. So looking at Jason Stark's article in The Athletic, he pointed out that the central divisions, the NL Central, the AL Central, are really leading this charge in non-tendering players. He broke down the data, and the central divisions – Non-tendered 29 players. All the other divisions combined, non-tendered 30 players. So half the players have come from the central divisions. And when you look at it by money, the NL Central saved $33 million by non-tendering players. The AL Central saved $28 million by non-tendering players. All other divisions combined saved $22 million. So the central divisions blew away the other divisions when it came to how much money they saved by non-tendering these players. 
And there's good players out there. I mean, Schwarber got non-tendered. Archie Bradley got non-tendered by the Reds. Eddie Rosario by the Twins. Carlos Rondon and Nomar Mazzara from the White Sox. Mikel Franco from the Royals. So there's a lot of guys that got non-tendered. And uh, it's going to be really interesting to see if some of these pieces just get moved around. Like, will these central teams go out there deal hunting? Will they be looking for guys? I'm sure you've read the articles about, you know, outfielders that have been non-tendered that the Indians could look at. I think Adam Duvall was on that list. David Deal was on that list. So will they actually turn around and spend money on somebody else's reclamation project instead of working on Tyler Naquin some more? Or is it really just open season for the AAA guys? All right. Now, some of the things that Chris Antonetti said, and like I said, anytime Antonetti talks, you can almost predict what he's going to say. We could probably sit there and do the press conference for Antonetti, but he did say some things, some important things. One that I think is very important is that they are absolutely still considering a name change for the team. I'm on the bandwagon. I'm, I am perfectly okay with letting the name Indians go, there is a lot of weird history tied to that name, tied to how they came up with that name back in 1916. Yes, I will always have fond memories of the Indians organization, of the you know the teams in the 90s that went to the World Series twice, of everything that's happened over my lifetime watching Indians baseball. Uh, the song, the old song from the 90s, we're talking baseball, Indians baseball. I'll always have fond memories for all of that stuff, but I do th- agree that it is, it's time to change the name, right? It's, it's not appropriate anymore, and so I've, I've let all my Chief Wahoo merchandise go. I don't, I, everything I own has the Block C on it now, and I'm okay. I'm not buying any more Indians merchandise this holiday season. I ain't, I'm not getting an Indian sweatshirt for my dad or my brother because I'm waiting on this name change. And whether they go to the Spiders or the Guardians or something nautical, please, please do not let it have anything to do with rock and roll. I am so tired of the rock and roll theme, whether it's for All-Star Weekends or the Cavs New City Edition uniforms, which I like the idea of what they were going for there, but the execution just looks weird. Like they incorporated different fonts from different rock and roll bands into the name Cleveland across the chest. So I get the concept. It just doesn't look good. So stay away from rock and roll stuff. There's so many better names out there. So what are some of the other things that uh, Antonetti said? And Paul Hoynes on Cleveland.com wrote a good article breaking down the top like 10 things you need to know from what Antonetti said. Um, Obviously, he's not going to talk about Lindor. He's not really going to talk about um, free agents uh, and trades and stuff like that. Like he, he, Antonetti plays things very close to the chest, right? He'd probably be a pretty good poker player. He did let one name slip. When they asked him about second base, he said, well, Yu Chang is one that obviously he has major league experience and the most natural player on our roster that could fit that role. So that's big. I mean, he basically came out and just told you that, hey, Yu Chang could just straight up win second base. That solves a lot of problems for us. So there's a name for you. 
When they asked him about shortstops, he basically said, take a look at the guys on the 40-man roster. Yu Chang, Gabriel Arias, Ernie Clement, uh, and Tyler Freeman is not on the 40-man roster. But I'll tell you, those are the names at the front of Antonetti's list uh, when it comes to potential middle infielders. Uh, For Nolan Jones, he did talk about how when Jose Ramirez came up, he tried out a lot of positions, right? He bounced around a lot before he settled at third base. And that might be what we see from Nolan Jones. He might try him at first base. They might try him in left field. So he's a super athletic guy. And I, I, I have a feel, you know, the way I see the outfield is, yes, if you are an athlete, you should be able to play in the outfield. Now, it doesn't always work. There are some guys out there that cannot, for the life of them, track a fly ball. It doesn't seem that difficult to most of us, but for some guys, they just, a ground ball they could scoop up all day, tracking a fly ball in the outfield, it gets a little dicey. So, uh, but if you're an athlete, if you're a real athlete, which I guess, you know, Nolan Jones is, I guess he's got some hockey experience too in his youth. I think Nolan Jones could probably turn into a good outfielder. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, about trimming payroll, uh, you know, he doesn't really talk hard numbers and stuff like that. I, he was basically hinting at the fact that uh, we've made roster moves going back 18 to 24 months to prepare for this now. What that means is for the last 18 to 24 months, they've been slowly working on a rebuild. They haven't come out and said it, but they've been slow rolling a rebuild, and we are definitely going to see it when that opening day roster hits in 2021. So that's that's really the big things. They talked about an extension for Shane Bieber. All he said is, we love Shane, and we hope he's here for a long time. That's exactly what you would expect him to say. Um he talked a little bit about Josh Naylor moving around and Mercado in the outfield. And uh, yeah, I, you know, he's still high on these guys. You know, he still has high hopes on these guys, but he doesn't know where they're going to land right now, right? They got to get out there on the field. There's no plans right now. The plan right now is to put them out there on the field and and see what happens and see where these guys land and lock in. I mean, that's kind of Antonetti's plan right now. So, I mean, I'm okay with it. I'm interested to see if Mercado can get back to where he was, if Naylor fits better in the outfield or at first base, and if Naylor can bring the energy that he brought in the playoffs. Like, we need wild man Josh Naylor from the opening day, from the beginning of the season. He needs to play with that energy every single time he steps on the field. If he does, it could be a really fun success story from that trade with the Padres. That's enough baseball talk. That's everything that's going on. I mean, there's really no national news going on because it was it was just everybody getting non-tendered and now we're kind of all sitting in this sitting in this off-season purgatory in this off-season waiting room, just waiting for stuff to go down, waiting for the first domino to fall. Whether it's a trade, we'll see if it's a big trade, we'll see if it's some free agent signings, if these non-tendered guys start to get swept up by teams right? We're just sitting and waiting right now. So that's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. Heck, it's really a Cleveland Browns morning. So go turn the game on, go have some fun, enjoy Browns football. 
We'll be back if there's any more Indians offseason news. The next move they make, we'll be here to talk about it. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. If you were heartbroken by some of these tender moves and non-tender moves, shoot me an email. Let me know your thoughts. We'll discuss it on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor. So if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on air, respond to your thoughts, and have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.